0: bring you christian greetings as we have met to worship today i know you as a bank congregation have faced a lot of things in the last number of years so i felt directed to bring the message called the ministry of the night and of course the last of these maybe unpleasant and difficult situations is brother Keith's passing. And uh, I think we all feel the loss in various ways. For me personally, his office was just down the hall, a couple doors from me. And I worked with him on the management team since the year 2000 to the present. I know Brother Keith is going to be missed because he counseled a lot of people. And when I would walk by his offices, his office, I would see the door shut. He was counseling somebody. Other times, I might see the door shut, and he was on the phone, and I know what he was doing. He was listening. He was counseling somebody. And the door had a window in it. Other times, I would uh, go past his office, and... uh, his head would be laying down on his desk and he was taking a nap. And there were other times that his head was on his desk and something else was happening. I believe he was praying for the needs that of our churches and and who knows what all. So I just want to challenge us that that God knows all things. And, and, And my verse this morning says, it's from Psalm 30, verse 5C, 5C, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So I want you, as a congregation, to to cling to that and to claim that promise and to realize that all things that happen in your congregational life, in your personal life, God has a plan. You know, I've heard this term over the years. Uh, This this couple uh, had a had a surprise child. They they weren't planning on it. Well, God has a plan for everybody that's on this earth. I mean that, that that's human reasoning, but God has a plan for all of us. And the night, uh, the, the the ministry of the night is a period of time that you're suffering or going through trials that don't seem to have an end or have an answer for. But let me give you some quotes from A.W. Tozer that I think are good for us to think about. Maybe before I give you his quotes, Let me tell you a quick story, a short story about an Iranian pastor. I read uh, some years ago, and I don't know his condition today, but at the time I read an Iranian pastor that was in prison, and he'd been in prison for three years when I read these comments from him. And he was sentenced to death, and he'd already been in prison for three years, and the reason he was in prison is because he was practicing Christianity and renouncing Islam. And to make his situation worse, that his attorney that was working in his behalf was just sentenced to nine years in prison. And from a physical, from a logical standpoint, you know how, how effective he could, his attorney could be, if he was going to be in prison. And here's three points he said, this this pastor. He he was looking on the positive side. He said, "I'm in good health." Number two, I need to remind my beloveds that through my trial has been so long as I in the flesh, I wish those days would end. And I think we can identify with that, that we wish the days of our trials in certain situations have ended. But thirdly, he said, Yet I have surrendered myself to God's will. And of course, Jesus came to that point, and we need to do as well. So let's get back to A.W. Tozer's points, thinking about the ministry of the night and our suffering through trials. First point I have listed here is But there is a limit to man's ability to live without joy. And you and I do not know that limit, but God does. And I think we can rest into that fact. Number two, even Christ could endure the cross only because of the joy that was set before him. And along with that, You remember when he suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane, God, after that, sent angels to minister to him. And I believe today God can choose circumstances, individuals to come and minister to us in our times. The next one. He knows how long we can endure the night so he gives the soul relief and you know brother Keith and I would have some discussions and I'll just leave it at that that I think God knew that brother Keith was weary He, 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 he was not giving up he was willing to keep Doing his calling. But he was ready for some relief. And God's relief came right on time. Next one. Slowly you will discover God's love in your suffering. You know initially we may not discover... We might not feel God's love in our initial suffering, but A.W. Tozer points out that slowly you're going to discover there is love behind the, your suffering. In fact, his next point says that your heart will begin to approve of the whole thing. Imagine that, that your heart will approve of the suffering that you're in because you realize it is controlled by God and it's for your and my spiritual benefit and the sp- bene- possibly the spiritual benefit of many others. Next point, you will learn from yourself the healing action of faith without supporting pleasure. The next one, you will understand the ministry of the night, its power to purify, to detach, to humble, to destroy the fear of death. And the last one I have is you will learn that sometimes pain can do what even joy cannot such as exposing the vanity of earth's trifles and filling your heart with a longing for the peace of heaven. And I think that that brings in the picture of reality. So as we we look at this subject, the challenge is, is how to recognize the ministry of the night In which God is working in us for our good. See our human tendency is to react. You know against God. Or blame others around us for our troubles and trials. But in this purifying process we need to surrender to his will even unto death. And during this process, continue to produce the fruit of the Spirit. I want to look at two examples this morning from Scripture of those that suffered, those that were God's people. and draw some lessons. Let's let's look at da- King David's life in the Old Testament, a few s- scriptures for first uh, Samuel 26. First Samuel 26. Starting at verse 21. A background of this account, this was where David was on the run. Saul was chasing him. And my wife and I had the privilege of being there this summer in in the valley of Engedi, And we could see the mountains on both sides. We could see caves up on these mountains where David and his men were hiding. And I believe this account here says that, you know, David was in the cave where Saul came in, and of course David uh, took his spear, and so let's begin reading at verse, and then this is where, following that, verse 21, then said Saul, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day, because I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. David answered and said, Behold the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and fetch it. The Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and faithfulness. For the Lord delivereth thee into my hand today, but I would not stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. Just breaking in here. See, David had the opportunity from a fleshly Standpoint to put an end to his suffering. He, he could have took Saul's life right there and, and put an end to his suffering because David knew that he was gonna be the next king over Israel. And maybe sometimes we face the same situation. Hey, here's a perfect opportunity to short-circuit the issues we're facing. But we need to remind ourselves, is it in the spirit that God would have us to be in? Is it a meek, a humble, submissive spirit that we're following God? And he goes on to say, behold, as thy life, as much set by this day in mine eyes, let my life be much set by the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. And that's the key. He says, let. King David is saying, let the Lord deliver me out of tribulation. Then said Saul to David, blessed be thou, son of David, thou shalt do both great things, and I shall prevail. So David went his way, and Saul returned into his place. Was that the end of David's suffering? No, that was not the end. If you, fo- if you follow this story, in chapter 27, I won't read that, but David... Went to live with the Philistines because he feared um, living in Israel or, or amongst the Israelites. And he had 600 men. He went down to live with the Philistines. He became friends with Achish, who was the king of the Philistines. And I'm not sure of all the reasons, but if you study this account, you find David and his 600 men, they would go in and out, and they would conduct their own little wars down there, and then he would come back and report to King Achish. But what he reported to him was not the truth. He was making himself look good. In fact, it says that he would kill everyone out in these little raids, so nobody would tell him that get the truth wouldn't get back to the king Achish, and you know David, so, as it was, um, and it says in First Samuel twenty-seven that Achish verse twelve believed David, saying he hath made his people. Israel utterly to abhor him, therefore he shall be my servant forever. Then we go over, now, let, let's look at the verse two verses of chapter 28. It came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. Achish said unto David, Know thou surely that thou wilt go with me to battle, thou and thy men. And David said to Achish, Surely thou shalt know what thy servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore I will make thee keeper of my head forever. Well, as you go over into chapter 29... The princes of the Philistines didn't have the same mindset that Achish, their leader, did. They didn't trust David. They said, "We get out here into battle. What's going to happen?" This, this David, they were they, they didn't trust David. And somewhere in this story, of of course, you find that um, Achish kind to David. And he gave him a little town called Ziglag. So David and his, his families were over at Ziglag. And as you come down into chapter 30, after David and his men had been away from Ziglag, the enemy. Came to fight against Ziglag, and the third day the Amekites had invaded the south, in and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire, and had taken the women captives that were therein, they slew not any, either small or great, but carried them away. Now get the picture here that when David and his six hundred men came back to their little cozy hideaway hometown. They found that the city was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken. David, the man of God. David, the future king of Israel, why, why was he going through all this? Did God forget about that he was going to be the future leader? Absolutely not. And it seems like David kind of came to the end of his uh, physical strength. His emotional health was at the bottom. It says in verse 4 of chapter 30, Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. You get the picture. They were at the end of the road. And it goes on to say that David's two wives were taken captives. And David was greatly distressed. And get this. Was his 600 men a comfort to him? No. It says, For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people were grieved I guess that was their reaction to grief. I don't believe they were that. Uh, they weren't necessarily David's enemies per se. In the fullest extent. But they were greed of all this distress. And I want us to claim this uh, attribute or Follow the example of David. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And each one of us here today can do the very same thing. When we get into these awful situations or dilemmas or sufferings or trials, we can do like David did and encourage Ourself in the Lord our God. You know, that, that's why it's so important for us to be in God's Word each day. That's why it's so important to have that relationship with a close relationship with God. That throughout the day, you know, we, we can bring our little troubles to Him. We can bring our medium-sized troubles to Him. We can bring our great trials to Him and know that He will hear and answer us according to His will. And just let me remind you, and I've probably told you this before, I like to think about when we bring our requests to God in these four steps. The first step, am I willing... To allow God to use my life for his honor and glory, period. Now you're going to say that don't sound very much joy in that. And it is, and it it may not be as well. But we can have complete peace and satisfaction. And number two, under number one. Is I'm a, am I willing to allow God to use my life for the spiritual benefit of others? And there again, you're going to hear some negative winds blowing in that, but but there's going to be blessings and there will be peace. Number three, under the number two, is am I willing to allow God to bring experiences into my life for my own spiritual benefit? There again, there can be some negative things in that. But wouldn't you rather have God bring a a horrible situation into your life that would be the means of you... Not straying off the straight and narrow way and being glory in the end. And if he wouldn't bring that experience in your life, maybe you'd be eternally lost. And I know what you would say. Yes, you would be grateful for that experience. And then number four, under all those three, God, this is what I would really like. This is my heart's desire. Could you bring this to pass if it fits under the other three? And I think God can direct us in that. In Psalm 71, 20, it says, Thou which hast shown me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again. Bring me up again from the depths of the earth. I think that's part of the ministry of the night. Turn to Psalm 119. I want to look at a few verses at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 Let's start at verse 75. <clears throat> 119 verse 75. I know, Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness had afflicted me. Isn't that amazing? That the psalmist is saying that God is faithful. In afflicting me. The next verse, 76, let I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. Verse 77, let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my delight. And I think these verses are in context of being afflicted. Now I'd like to move to the New Testament example, Apostle Paul and his sufferings. Let's just turn to um, 2 Corinthians 11. Thinking about the ministry of the night. Joy cometh in the morning. And and as you know the story, Paul was zealous. He He had, I mean, just total zeal as he was raised. And then as you know, God struck him down and he was transformed and and God said he was a chosen vessel Paul was a chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles before kings and before the children of Israel a chosen vessel But why did he have to suffer as he lists it here? And let's just look at some of his sufferings. Let's break into verse uh, 24 of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now remember, he was sent to the Jews as a chosen vessel But five different times he says that I received 40 stripes save one. Five different times. And God sent him as a chosen vessel. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. And I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day. I have been in the deep. Can you imagine that? A night and a day. I assume that means he was out on the water, maybe clinging to a piece of wood for a night and a day. And he was God's chosen vessel. How does that work? In journeys off, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in Perils of the heathen, perils of the city, and perils of the wilderness, and perils of the sea, and perils among false brethren. And I'm sure these false brethren claimed that they were children of God. They were following God. He talks about weariness, painfulness, watchings. Hunger and thirst, fastings, the cold and the nakedness. Now remember, he's God's chosen vessel. God is working through him. The ministry of the night, joy comes in the morning. Skipping a few verses. Then he says in Damascus the governor that kept the city of Damascus greens with a garrison desires to apprehend me through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped their hands and listen that was no joy ride i've seen that picture children's storybook like he was waving his hand as he went down the wall No, it was not. I'm telling you, this was a serious escape that that Paul was going through and that God delivered him. Now let's look at a few verses in Romans. Thinking about the promises of God to us. Romans chapter 8. Maybe I'll just start with verse 26. I like verse 26 of Romans 8. When we face the trials and the challenges of life, we're like David. And his men, I think at times, we weep, we pray, we seek counsel, and, and we just come to the end of the road like there are no answers, it just seems there's no help, no hope. But I wish we would claim this verse the way David encouraged himself in the Lord this is the way we can in our day. In verse says it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. See, we don't know how to pray anymore. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that is so wonderful. God knows our situation. He knows our intent. And He knows the end from the beginning. And He knows our heart desire. So it's just like He takes over. The Spirit takes over. And intercedes according to the will of God. That is such a blessing that we can rest into. Now let's go down to verse, uh, make a few comments from verse 31 on. What shall we say to these things if God be for us, who can be against us? And I think the devil likes to put up a pretty big... um, screen as it were of thinking of painting a picture of how awful things are but God is for us and then I think he brings in the fact here in verse 32 that he spared not his own son thinking of our heavenly father but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things so the verse before is saying that if God is for us, who can be against us? And there were people probably have the attitude that that God maybe protected his son or, or, or some miraculous way. Spared his son, but he did not. He did not spare his son from suffering and death. But delivered him up. And that was his son's ministry of the night. And it says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. And and go on, he... Who is he that condemneth? Because Christ died for us, and he's risen again, who is even at the right hand making intercession for us. And I don't know how much better we could have it than to have this Spirit interceding for us, as it says back in verse 26. And then Jesus himself at the right hand of the Father interceding for us as well. And so then he raises the question, who can separate us from the love of God? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, or powers, things present or things to come, You know, that, that, that's like a blank check. In verse 38, it says there's no principalities, no powers, nor things present, nor to come. There's nothing in the future that can change these promises that are made to us. No height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. And isn't that amazing that you and I can do that? We can separate ourselves from the love of God. But no external thing can separate us from the love of God. You know, it's a little bit like talking about the things in the future or the things that are not listed. It's, I, I like the little phrase on the back of my personal checking account checks it says all the security features listed below are in effect and all those that aren't listed that's that's what you got right here god's promises are true as god takes us through the ministry of the night may we res- surrender Continually to his will as we anticipate how he will lead us out of this life into the next. And remember that joy will come in the morning. May God bless you all.